11 months, we have been working our way through the gospel according to Mark. We have learned about Mark's laconic language, his brief, concise narrative style. We called him the Hemingway of the gospel writers. We've learned Mark's favorite word, which is immediately. immediately. Yes, nice. Everything in Mark happens immediately with urgency. We see it again today, and we'll come back to that in a second. We studied how Jesus in Mark describes God's way and contrasts God's values with the stockpiling scarcity and selfishness of those who seek wealth and power. We've talked about Jesus' role as a servant and how discipleship in Mark means following Jesus. It means following. Today, as we celebrate the Feast of All Saints, Mark gives us the saint, the disciple, the model for faith and discipleship. Who is that model? Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus, indeed. Bartimaeus is the ideal disciple in Mark. Down in Oakview, uh, one of my mentors, this guy named Ched Myers and his partner Elaine Enns, run an org organization called the Bartimaeus Cooperative Ministries. It's a social justice-oriented organization for biblical scholarship and action in the world. They teach things like Sabbath economics and permaculture and watershed discipleship alongside notions of eschatology and biblical literacy they like, to, they like to call, they jokingly call themselves uh, as located between the seminary and the streets. Ched is one of the top Markin scholars alive today. About this passage, he says, In the story of Bartimaeus, Mark gives us an archetypal portrait of the healing journey from denial to discipleship. Followers of Jesus should stand for compassion and equity and against all forms of oppression and violence. To do this, we must face our personal and political blindness to the realities of suffering as well as to God's horizons of justice. Jesus gives us eyes to see and courage to follow in the way of faith, service, and solidarity. So, Bartimaeus is the archetype of a journey. The journey from isolation and blindness to vision and belonging. Let's review that journey. Mark really packs a lot right into this one little passage, this tiny little story in that Hemingway-esque style. It starts with Bartimaeus, who is blind and begging on the roadside near Jericho. If you slow that down, there's already a whole lot to unpack there. He is on the roadside, on the margin, on the border. He's near Jericho, one of the oldest 
inhabited places on the planet, one of the oldest cities of the world. This is a place archaeologists love. The place, it's also the place where God's transformational power tore down the walls of the city that would have prevented the Israelites from settling in the promised land. Likewise, Bartimaeus is kept out, right? He is silenced by the crowd. He is kept at a distance from Jesus. It says, many sternly ordered him to be quiet. He was actively oppressed, actively kept from seeking his healing. But Bartimaeus did not give up. It says he cried even more loudly. Now, Bartimaeus is not the archetype of discipleship in Mark because he says the right things. He calls out to Jesus saying, Son of David, right after in Mark, Jesus has just explained that he is not the son of David, that he as, was, was as a logos, as the, the divine, was before David inherently. He's just spent this time explaining this fine point of theology. Bless you. Thank you. And here, Bartimaeus calls out, son of David. The religious folks that were following Jesus around probably looked at him and they're like, wrong! You do not know what is happening here. But... My point here is that discipleship has very little to do with being, quote, right or perfect in religious institutions or theology. Okay? What does matter, what does matter is need. Bartimaeus is compelled by necessity. He knows what he needs, and he persists in asking for it. When Bartimaeus meets Jesus, Jesus asks, What do you want me to do for you? I love that, because it's just coming off of this notion of Jesus teaching about the servant of all, being the servant of all. Here he is with a phrase that is like a servant's Phrase, what can I get you? What do you want me to do for you? It is also the same phrase, the same question that Jesus asked James and John last week when they came up and they wanted to you know, have everything for themselves. They wanted to be at the right and left of Jesus. It's the same question. But instead of asking for a place of honor, Bartimaeus asked for mercy for an end to his suffering. He asked for change. Bartimaeus asked for something he knows he needs. He does not live a life of quiet desperation, as we've talked about, Thoreau saying. His desperation is loud and clear. It is loud and getting louder, right? 
on Wednesday this week, my own personal desperation got a little bit louder. I was out surfing with the gang. We, we were having a great time. It was a beautiful, beautiful morning, crystal clear. And uh, we were just getting waves after waves. I saw Wes get out and do a victory lap where you, you, know, you get to wave and then you run back up to the top and do it again. Uh, and we were just doing that all day long, having a great time. And suddenly, as I'm sitting there waiting for the next wave, across my vision comes this cl- translucent thing bobbing along. And, yeah. Now, this is not the first time this has happened, happened to me. Fortunately, this is, this is what... I get things that are called migraine with an aura. So I, when I get this little vision skipping across my screen, I know that I'm about to basically feel a lot of pain. <laughs> but I get about 20 minutes to, like, to respond, and sometimes I can cut them short. This time, I was out surfing, and I, uh, even though we got back to the car and I was doing okay, by the time I got back to the church, I was in a bad, bad shape. And, they, and if you didn't notice, we have some construction going on. <laughs> so we had full construction zone. My head is pounding, and, and along with the migraines, I get, I get just intense, very intense nausea. And I had to use the restroom, and, uh, and of course, the water's out. So I have, here I am in the porta potty, about ready to throw up all over the place. And so I crawl, crawl back in here, and, and I, the, the only thing I can really do in that state is to be in a really dark place. So I went into my closet in the office and just lay down, curled up on the floor. I say this because those moments help me relate to those who are suffering. They help me consider what other people go through all the time. People who are suffering, like the people who are suffering in the caravan that is moving through Mexico as we are here. More than 7,000 people, most of them Hondurans, this started, they left Honduras about two weeks ago Honduras, for those of you who don't, may not know, is a country with one of the highest per capita murder rates in the world. According to the World Bank, the, more than two-thirds of, the, of Hondurans live in abject poverty. Now, this group of 7,000 people have walked from Honduras through Guatemala into Chiapas, and they're working their way North On Friday, shortly after 3 a.m. local time, they arrived at Arriaga in Chiapas, hoping to walk 43 kilometers to reach the state of Oaxaca. When they arrived, about a couple hours later, at a police roadblock, these 7,000 people sat down. They engaged in a peaceful sit-in on the highway. They refused to leave until they were permitted to advance, but they did not engage physically with the police. At about 8 o'clock, the police cleared the road allowing the migrants and refugees to clear, to continue on their journey, the the remaining 30 kilometers to Oaxaca. The people in this caravan 
know that they are in need of change. They are compelled by necessity. How are we compelled by necessity? How are our, our eyes open or closed to the suffering of others? As we seek vision, as we pursue change, as we follow Jesus along the road, how do we respond to Jesus' question, that simple question that makes all the difference? What do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? We know that Jesus can do what we need. What do we ask of him? What do we want God to do in the world? How are we partnering with God to meet the needs of the kingdom? Amen.